class, Nurse Kylie here. Today, we are going to talk about schizophrenia, a disorder that affects the ability to clearly think. You might have heard of the movie Shine or A Beautiful Mind, which depict those diagnosed with schizophrenia and what can happen to their ability to think. Oftentimes, those with schizophrenia are feared as they are stereotyped as dangerous or unpredictable, but today, we are going to look at this disorder from the perspective of the nurse and learn how we can overcome those labels to help rather than hinder patient progress. This discussion will be facilitated by Chapter 16 in Videbeck's Psychiatric Mental Health Nursing 8th Edition Textbook. Let's begin. Overview of Symptoms Schizophrenia is a disease process that is multifaceted as it includes changes in thoughts, perceptions, movements, and behavior. Symptoms begin in late adolescence and early adulthood, with men showing symptoms earlier than women. There are two major categories of symptoms or signs that are classified as hard or soft. Let's explore these two categories a little more. Positive or hard symptoms. According to Weidbeck, positive or hard symptoms include delusions, hallucinations, and grossly disorganized thinking, speech, and behavior. Here are the most common hard symptoms. Ambivalence, or holding contradicting views on the same thing such as a person. Associative looseness, or having fragmented or poorly related thoughts or ideas. Delusions or solid false beliefs that are not based off of reality. Ecopraxia, or mimicking gestures or movements that they are observing another do. Flight of ideas, or when thoughts and ideas flow together without end, meaning that they jump from one idea to the next without pause. Hallucinations, or false sensory perceptions or perceptual experiences that do not exist. Ideas of reference or false impressions that certain events have special meaning to them. Perseveration or persistence about a certain idea or topic or repeating of words, phrases, and the refusal to change the subject. Bizarre behavior such as dressing to draw attention, repetitive purposeless movements, or unusual social or sexual behaviors. Negative or soft symptoms. Now that we have discussed the positive or hard symptoms, let's turn our discussion to the negative or soft symptoms. Feidbeck concludes that having a flat affect, lack of volition, and social withdrawal or discomfort are all soft symptoms. Let's explore these a little further by briefly going over the most commonly seen soft symptoms. Ilogia, or the tendency to speak very little. Anhedonia, or the lack of feeling the emotions of joy or pleasure. This is in regards to life activities as well as relationships. They simply do not feel joy or pleasure. Apathy, or feelings of indifference towards things such as people or events. Asociality, or not having a social life, meaning they have few relationships and are not close to anyone. Blunted affect refers to a very small range of emotional feeling, tone, or mood, meaning that they have a very small window of emotions. Catatonia or catatonic state, 
This is a psychologically induced immobility. The person's mind prevents them from physically moving, but when they do move, they show signs of agitation or excitability. Flat affect or lack of facial expression that depicts emotions or mood. A volition or lack of volition or the absence of willpower that drives you to take action. Inattention or the inability to concentrate on anything, regardless of how important it is. That sums up the clinical presentation of a patient and what symptoms you may see. Now let's discuss treatment. What usually happens is that positive or hard symptoms get treated via medications, but the negative or soft symptoms still persist. It is the persistence of these negative or soft symptoms that interferes with recovery and sustaining daily improvement. There are several medications used to treat this disorder and are classified as antipsychotics. Currently, there are six that are used for long-term treatment and are given as depot injections. These include flufenazine, haloperidol, risperidone, paliperidone, olanzapine, and aripiprazole. Unfortunately, these medications can cause scary side effects, which is why many patients are noncompliant. One symptom, tardive dyskinesia, is a late-onset symptom that causes the patient to have involuntary movements that can include the face, arms, and legs. Nurses use a screening tool to help identify this disorder as quickly as possible. The Abnormal Involuntary Movement Scale, or AIMS, AIMS, is the screening tool used and can be used every three to six months. If the nurse notices an increase in scoring, the physician is notified so that the drug dosage can be changed. Nurses play a vital role in mental health as they are the constant in the various environments where those with mental disorders may seek treatment. From acute inpatient settings to primary care offices, nurses are there to utilize the nursing process to care for their patients. The approach to care will vary as patients presenting with the same disorder may not present with the same symptoms. Remember how different the hard and soft symptoms were for each other? Yes. Exactly. That's why it's so important for a nurse to complete an assessment. Let's move on to the nursing assessment. Regardless of environment, assessment is the first step of the nursing process and the first thing a nurse will do. Assessment begins as soon as the nurse is in contact with the patient. The nurse assesses appearance, speech, movements, facial expression, and other nonverbal cues to guide the assessment. Obtaining a history is important, especially when doing an intake for mental health. Asking open-ended questions can provide the nurse with more information than the usual yes-no question. Asking questions about relationships, suicide attempts, monetary problems, living arrangements, and current therapy sessions are just a few topics that should be covered during this time. During this intake, the nurse may notice unusual speech patterns in the client. Some of these were discussed in the symptoms part of today's episode and include echolalia and perseveration. The nurse may also see the client demonstrate, as well as report, a wide variety of moods and affects. The nurse will also be able to gain insight as to the client's thought process during this time, as what they say and how they say it can be assessed. 
Hallucinations may occur during this time, which will provide the nurse with a severe red flag regarding diagnosis. Let's move on to what we'll actually do as the nurse. What kind of nursing interventions can we do? When a client is experiencing delusions, it is important for the nurse to help provide a safe environment, decrease anxiety, and interact with the client. The nurse should be sincere and honest when communicating with the client. This includes being direct rather than vague with responses. Consistency with enforcing rules, expectations, and limits is vital. The nurse should refrain from making promises that cannot be kept, as this will interfere with the therapeutic relationship and create mistrust. Positive feedback is also vital, as this can help guide the client with a sense of accomplishment. The nurse should be aware that the delusion is how the client is perceiving the environment and must be mindful of that rather than argue with them about reality. The nurse should never accept the delusions as this will only enhance the delusion. Initially, the client should be treated and interacted with on a one-to-one basis rather than a group setting. A gradual reintroduction to the group, if group therapy is ordered, should occur once the client has made progress. To help prevent relapses, the nurse should make education for the client and family a priority. Teaching the client self-care, including diet, social skills, and medication management, are at the top of the list. Let's end today's episode by talking about personal reflection. One of the biggest challenges the nurse faces when interacting with a schizophrenic client is the inability to relate. Since the client is having hallucinations and or delusions, the nurse comes off as being untrustworthy in their eyes. The nurse needs to prove themselves to the client, which can be frustrating, but is imperative that the nurse not take the challenge personally. Being empathetic can help establish a relationship, but the nurse should know that it can change at any time. Since the client is perceiving reality differently, they are constantly suspicious and could be dangerous. The nurse must remain vigilant and aware of their surroundings. With that being said, treating the client no differently than the next and keeping an open mind as well as heart is crucial. Remember, they need our help. Just because we can't relate doesn't mean we can't help. I hope that today's episode shed some light on this topic and helped you feel better prepared for the day that you care for a client that may frighten you but need your help. Until next time, keep on accelerating. Thank you.